The Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop and Jonesboro and crumblecookies.com. So we talk about Crumble Cookies all the time and we love Crumble Cookies. And this week, the menu, Kelly, it looks amazing. It's a good one. How about the blueberry crumb cake, a lemony graham cookie with pops of blueberries and a zesty lemon glaze. They have the dark dream this week as well. This is that decadent chocolate cookie that they pack with loads of melty, gooey, semi-sweet chocolate chips. How about the ultimate peanut butter, a peanut butter lover's delight, an explosion of peanut butter from the cookie to the stuffing to the drizzle. They also have the cookie dough this week. No spoon required for the cookie dough cookie. It's a brown sugar cookie that they top with cookie dough buttercream and chunks of delicious cookie dough pieces. And the classic pink sugar, an all-time favorite vanilla sugar cookie topped with a perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. And of course, the cookie that's there every time you go to crumble it's the milk chocolate chip. It's the can't go wrong cookie. It's thick, it's soft, and it's packed with those milk chocolate chips. Check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can download the app. You can order online and save yourself some time or check out all the cookies at crumblecookies.com. Here's the podcast. <laughs> is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is March the 8th of 2023. Today is National Retro Video Game Day. Oh. It's also International Women's Day. So yes. to all you women's out there. All you women's. How you doing? <laughs> How's it going? Or. All right, all right, all right. Uh, okay. Or something like that. Maybe we could get someone else to come in here and do the motivational speech for women. For women, I'm going to uplift women. I'm going to lift them up as high as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, about this high. It's also National Peanut Cluster Day today as well. So Mm. all things we can celebrate. First thought of the day, KP, (laughs) go. Well, speaking of peanut clusters, Brandon, when I was in the fourth grade, I took a couple of peanut clusters to school. My mom had made a batch right before Christmas break. And here's the thing. I, I didn't take them to school to eat them. I took them to school to play tricks on my friends and my teachers. With the peanut cluster. Yeah, because they looked like, well, to me and my brother, they looked like little dog poo clusters. Mm. Uh, you know, they looked like it enough for me to want to place one in my teacher's rolling chair. So before she came back to the room, as soon as she pulled the rolling chair out, there was like a peanut cluster that I had kind of molded maybe into it instead of like a a round uh like circle cluster it was more of a baby ruth looking cluster so covered in chocolate yeah okay and so when she pulled out her chair immediately everyone started laughing (laughs) even though i had instructed the class to play it cool Mm -hmm. and as soon as she said okay who did this it's like everyone pointed to me at one time I'm completely flabbergasted that you would do something like that. Well, I know, but every time I see chocolate-covered peanut clusters, that's exactly what I think, and I have this desire to want to bring them with me places to do things to people with peanut clusters. Yes, I am still in the third grade. When I think about that day, I don't really think I would have thought about that type of a story. Yeah. But no doubt, everybody in your class still probably thinks about the same thing. Every time they see a peanut cluster or some dog poo, they probably think of you. Right. Well, hey, there's Kelly Perry. Yeah, there's that. First thought of the day, Double B, go. 
You know, sometimes you have a better night's sleep than another night, right? Like you're feeling great and you know you're in a deep sleep. And I guess I was in a really deep sleep at about one o'clock this morning when all of a sudden I heard chaos in the house. I'm going, uh-uh. what's going on? And the dogs are going crazy. That's the worst. It's absolutely the worst because dogs are barking and I can hear dogs running around the house. Woo, 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 woo. Uh-huh. But it's not like just any kind of like they're messing with each other. It sounds like, you know, somebody is intruding. There's something wrong. So it wakes me up, and I kind of go, wait a minute, where am I? And I throw the covers off myself, and I stagger out of the room. And then I thought to myself as I laid back down, what in the heck was I planning on doing by staggering out of the room unarmed? Maybe you would scare a guy. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, oh, oh! Oh. You know, like, what is that? Sleeping man. So scary. (laughs) But, like, you know, you, you don't really prep for stuff like that. Right. And you don't know how to react. And I just jumped up like, huh! Like, I'm gonna run him out of here! Yeah. And then I had to go check all the doors to make sure they were locked and hit all the lights to make sure everything was okay. Nothing. I didn't see anything. I don't know if there was lightning and thunder overnight that might have freaked him out. Hmm. Or if something, I have no idea. I went out into the garage to make sure nothing was in the garage. Are you telling the whole truth? A million percent. Was it you that went out in the garage or did you wake up Leslie? I was the only person awake. But just I have this vision of me throwing the covers off and staggering out like I was going to do something. Did Kelly. you dream it? No, it was real. There was what was I going to do? Uh, I don't know. Here comes an intruder, and I'm just going to walk out. Hey, get out of here! I don't think it works like that. No, you would probably do that, but then you would immediately run. Get out of here! Yeah. <laughs> then go lock myself in the uh-huh. closet or something like that. But there's nothing worse at one o'clock in the morning, right when you're finally at that really good REM sleep, to have the dogs going Ooh. crazy and you think somebody's in your house. That's how the day started for me. <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. So we mentioned that today is retro video game day. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think about how much I loved video games as a kid because, especially for us, like in the mid-80s, it was a big deal to have a video game system in your home. It was. It wasn't expected to be on every TV like it almost is today, and you couldn't play the games on your phone. Like, if you had a video game system, it was almost a sign of wealth at the time if you're a kid. Yeah, and then how about the people that had two different kinds of gaming systems? Yeah. I was jealous of people like that. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, we actually did get the very first Nintendo, the the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yep. We got that pretty quick. We did, too. But, well, I say quick. Uh, Is 87 quick? I think they came out in 85. Okay. So you might have been a little delayed on Okay. That. Like they came out even earlier in Japan, right? They launched in Japan. And then uh, they came out in the United States later on. But I remember like the Nintendo wasn't the first game system I played, but I would go to a friend's house to play Atari. Yep. Was it Atari 3600? I don't remember like the that? numbers. I just remember the joystick and the orange button. There was one button mm-hmm. and there was a joystick. Maybe there was a, was there a button on the top of the joystick too? Uh, I don't think Could so. Could you put, oh, so it was just Maybe literally, later on. literally it was mm-hmm. probably just one button, like this big gigantic, like sweet tart looking button. Yeah. Which was when I was really good at video games. Yes. 87. She was the master was of video games. there was one button. <laughs> it's kind of crazy though. But I remember like on the original Atari, like it was big time for Frogger. You remember that game? Yes. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was big. Qbert was big. You remember Qbert? I do. He was a little guy who it looked like he had like a trumpet for a face like or a nose or something like that. Yeah. There was also, was it called Asteroids or Space Invaders? Where you were the guy at the bottom and you were trying to shoot the little space things invaders. up? Space Invaders. Those Space Invaders. I think there's a, an Asteroids too, but I can't, I can't think of. Hmm. 
Then we got the Nintendo, right? So yep. the Nintendo, when it launched, let's do the inflation calculator. It was $199 when it launched. Let's just say it was 85 right? Okay. What? Hang on a second. What? No data selected. I don't know what's happening. Oh, he's made a mistake. No, this inflation calculator's busted. <laughs> so stupid. It's online. I know that. Hang on. I'm glad you have on your glasses back from, from normal today. Leave me alone. 199 <sighs> Okay. For inflation, right? Yes. Let's see. Calculate. So the the Nintendo, if it was one hundred ninety nine dollars in nineteen eighty five, today it would sell for five hundred and fifty three dollars a system, which is almost kind of like PlayStation Five and stuff like yeah. that, which is pretty crazy. So the, and I didn't realize this the the video games when they first came out were sixty bucks, like wow. for, for those early ones, right? Yes. So inflation today would mean those games at launch would be one hundred and sixty six dollars. So when we think a seventy dollar video game is expensive. It's not nearly as expensive as a $60 game back in 85. Wow. Which is wild. What was your favorite all-time Nintendo game? The NES? Oh, man. Because we had a couple. Like, we had a few of them. Like, everybody loved Punch-Out. Yeah. Like, that was a good one. Did you like that one? I didn't care. You didn't like that that one? one. I I got on, like, certain games. I'd get on the Super Mario games. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Super Mario 3 was my favorite. Well, Zelda, The Legend of Zelda, the original mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda, where you could get the map, or you download the guide, like the handbook, and it would show you where you had to go burn trees and stuff like that. Yep. That was a fun one. There was also a game called Pro Wrestling. It was before they ever branded like to you know WWE or something like yeah. that. It was just like these generic wrestling characters back then. Hmm. So, And then I remember having one game where you had a pad, and like the pad, you plugged into one of the control spots, and you could run and jump on the pad. It was like the summer games or something like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Or the winter games game. or Olympics or something. Yeah. But you wow. had the pad and it was almost like one of those uh, twister games. Right. And you'd have to jump on certain things and yep. run so fast. And somehow, even back then, it would measure that stuff. Wow. Yep. Anyway, kind of fun to think about today as we think about retro video games on Retro Video Game Day. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show high five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to Rob Sterling. He's from Florida. He's 60 years old. And Kelly, he just now set a Guinness World Record. Okay, what do you do? So, you know, push ups, right? Yes. It's kind of tough to do a bunch of push ups. Uh huh. He had one hour to do his push-ups, and he had to break a record. He wanted to break a record by hitting 3,200 push-ups in an hour. Not only did he reach the record, he surpassed the record. And Rob Sterling did 3,264 push-ups in one hour. Oh, my goodness. That is a new Guinness World Record. Can you imagine? How many can you do in an hour? (laughs) Six or seven? (laughs) That's pretty crazy. So now he says, now that he has that record, he wants to set another record, which is the push-up record for one minute. Okay. So basically, the current record is 144 push-ups in one minute. It's more than two a second. Wow. I don't know how it's possible, but that's what he's training for next. So here's to you, 60-year-old Rob Sterling. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. And today's High Five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. 
And you can check the availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is March the 8th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. So we have Country Music News on country's biggest party of the year, CMA Fest. Yes. The official dates that you want to be in Nashville if you're a fan of country music are June the 8th through June the 11th. Tickets are already on sale right Mm -hmm. now. I was looking at some of those tickets this morning. It's pretty crazy. (laughs) Like if you want to do the four nights in the stadium... It's fairly expensive, and you'll be fairly close to the top at this point. They do have individual tickets if you want to be in Nissan Stadium as well. And Nissan Stadium is where essentially the headliners all play, right? Mm -hmm. There's four different nights, and they film that for TV. Already announced for Nissan Stadium this year at CMA Fest are Luke Bryan. Miranda Lambert's going to be there. Tim McGraw plays Nissan Stadium. Jason Aldean plays the stadium. Lady Wilson is going to play the stadium this year. Eric Church on the stadium stage. Jimmy Allen, uh, Dirk Bentley, Luke Combs, Dan and Shay, tons, basically all the big headliners are going to play in Nissan Stadium. There's also going to be shows inside the stadium on the platform, the Nissan Stadium platform stage. There's the Chevy Riverfront stage, the Chevy Vibe stage, the Dr. Pepper Amp stage, and the Maui Gym Reverb stage. So stages all Mm -hmm. around Broadway in downtown Nashville. Find out more about all the performers and get tickets at cmafest.com. We have country music news today on Morgan Wallen. So it has been less than a week since Morgan Wallen released his 36-song album, and it's already been breaking records. So the album's on track to break all sorts of huge records, which we will know more clearly by the end of this week after they kind of shut down the release week. But Morgan's been releasing new acoustic live performances of songs from his album for the One Record at a Time session series. And he did this with his Dangerous album, too. So the latest live performance video he released is of the song Me and All Your Reasons. Here's Morgan Wallen. I know you think you left me all. Alone. I hate to say you couldn't be more wrong. Got Copenhagen, whiskey straight, empty bottle, promise break. All the ways I let you down, down. But when around came back round, the Sunday morning, still asleep. Traded angels for my demons. I ain't lonely since you're leaving. I've got me. It's called Me and All Your Reasons. It's Morgan Wallen and his album One Thing at a Time is out now. And country music news today on Luke Combs. Let's get some candles burning and some records turning. So this is the month for Luke Combs put out his album called Getting Old. 18 songs on his album. And he's giving us sneak peeks of new music. And there's a song on the album called Tattoo on a Sunburn. We don't have the official studio release, but Luke just now shared an acoustic version of that song. Again, it's called Tattoo on a Sunburn. Here's a sneak peek of new stuff from Luke Combs. Every time that 
black little sea. The humming of birds and the sting of that needle fade away, but I guess some people never do. Using years, the only thing worse. Tattoo on the sunburn. That's Luke Combs. The song is called Tattoo on a Sunburn, and you can check out the acoustic performance right now. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know the shortest living animal in the world is the mayfly? Its entire adult lifespan is just 24 hours. Oh, wow. It reproduces and then dies. Some species of mayfly only live for eight to ten hours. Oh my goodness! I'm glad I'm not a mayfly. Yeah, that would that would not be good. Yeah. Huh. Did you know 76 percent of the serial killers in the 20th century were in the U.S.? <laughs> only four percent were in third world countries. Yeah, I don't know that that's hmm. all that surprising. And did you know in the 1970s one of the biggest names in country music was the band Alabama? They are one of the best-selling acts of all time, regardless of, of genre. Alabama has over 41 number one country records on the Billboard charts. If you're going to play in Texas, hey, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're going to play in Texas. You gotta, gotta have, have a fiddle, fiddle in the band. band. I love me some Alabama. It's like the music of my childhood. Song, song of the South. Sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. That was the first concert I saw Brandon Baxter standing up and screaming at the top of his lungs. I love him. I really do. <laughs> Alabama, come on now. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So I guess it's kind of cool when uh, when people are paying attention to your social media and <laughs> you start trending. It wasn't a worldwide <laughs> trend, but... Um, yeah, so I posted some photos from me going to get my tattoos. And the way I described it, and this is really what it's going to be, it was round one of basically Tattoo Project 2023. Yeah, and how many rounds do you think there's going to be? There's going to be probably at least four or five or six. Yeah, okay. Like, it's going to be a minute to get everything done. Like, you know, I did a lot of work on Monday night, and, you know, you got to let it kind of heal, and then you got to go back, and you got to hit some more of it with color and, and stuff like that, so... Uh, the left shoulder was the one that I was starting with. So I posted photos of myself, uh, you know, right before the tattoo and then after the tattoo. And I was really happy with the work. And then I realized when I logged on to Facebook <laughs> yesterday evening that people were really confused about what I posted. And then, Kelly, I had that moment when I was reading some of the comments before I knew what they were talking about. I thought, oh, my gosh, what did I post? Because you get nervous. I started thinking, oh, my goodness, did somebody hack into my account and post something that was inappropriate? What's the story here? Yeah. And evidently, in one of the photos that uh, I posted, and it was a photo posted by me, people didn't realize I was getting the tattoo on my shoulder because of the way that the photo was taken, and people thought I was getting the tattoo on my butt. Yeah. You know those when you're at the gym and you lean over because you're going to do like some leg curls mm-hmm. and you, you kind of you kind of lean over 
and your bottom's kind of sticking up in the air and you're yeah. curling. <laughs> it looks like you're on one of those and you're leaning over and he's tattooing. <laughs> I just looked at it again. Your rear end. But what's funny is I saw that yesterday, oh. too. And I remember seeing that. And since you had asked me and talked to me about it before you posted it, I didn't even think about it. I didn't see it then. <laughs> but when I went to Facebook and saw it, I giggled. And then when I went to the comments, oh, and it's funny because it's two people named Kurt is what I'm seeing. But uh, Kurt Weir says, I had to do a double take on that first pick because I'm glad it was your arm. Yeah. Like thanks, Kurt. He Appreciate saw it. that. And then my son took a screenshot of your of Instagram and sent it to me. He goes, "Mom, I thought this was his rear end." <laughs> uh, and like he's like, "I was like, Brandon, why did he post something like that? So inappropriate." So yeah, and so I, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I didn't post my butt." Let me go. So if you click on that photo on Facebook, Micah Clements, is that a bottom or an arm? <laughs> Lynn Childers, honestly, I thought that was his butt. I love y'all so Jessica much. Johnson, I was thinking his upper leg. Oh, y'all. Carrie Brower, me too. Selena Horton, same. Jennifer Pantoja, me too. <laughs> Brandy Yancey, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought that was a peach. <laughs> I love y'all so much. So when you, so great. Once you see it, you can't unsee no, it. No, you can't. It's like now that y'all, we've said it, y'all probably haven't even thought about it. Go look at it right now. And it looks like Brandon is getting his rear end and his uh, hamstring um, <laughs> tattooed. <laughs> and, and the tattoo artist, Cody, he's so chill about it. Like I'm yeah. getting my butt tattooed with my cheeks out and he's just like, okay, another day at the office. Right. <laughs> it's Brandon Baxter's butt. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, hey, if you think see... my butt looks like that, y'all are awesome. If you think that's my butt and my butt is that smooth and I can hike up my shorts like that and still look that good at 46, yeah. I love y'all. He must work out. He must work out. <laughs> it's up on Facebook. It's on my Instagram, too. It's the second picture in the, the carousel. There's three pics. It's the second one. And once you see it, you might not unsee it. So <laughs> it ain't my butt. It ain't the booty. Tell him the truth, Brandon. It ain't the booty. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So if you're feeling some negative energy at home, you might open up some windows, add some plants, or just take a relaxing bath. Well, there's a 37-year-old woman in Utah named Crystal Moss who took a little bit more of a negative approach. She was arrested after setting a fire in her apartment building that spread and completely burned six units. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but she told police she, quote, intentionally used a Bic lighter to ignite a tree of life which was placed inside a cauldron near her bedroom closet. It was taking a while, so she poured a bottle of alcohol on it to speed up the process. She said she was trying to, quote, burn away the negative energy, sadness, and pain in her life. (laughs) She was booked into the Salt Lake County Jail on arson charges, likely bringing a new level of negative energy, sadness, and pain to her life. So that's not good. No, that's a really, that's a bad idea. I know. But speaking igniting the tree of life, yesterday I saw two birds stuck together in a tree. Oh my gosh, you saw two birds stuck yes. together in a tree? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're Velcros. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. Get stop. it? Yes, I get it. And there's even I'm more leaving. proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. 
Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Boy. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, March the 8th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Brody Rorex, who is turning 14 years old today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Brittany Nieper of Malvern, who celebrates. We have Cheyenne Waters from Cabot celebrating a birthday. Mike Coots of Jonesboro celebrating. Randall Carter in Van Buren is celebrating. Kim Smith of Jonesboro has a birthday today. Connor Fletcher celebrating a birthday today as well. So happy birthday. Uh, Kristen Franks from Wynn is celebrating. We have Alex Dean of Jonesboro celebrating. Devlin Duke of Jonesboro. Happy birthday, Devlin. He's celebrating his birthday today. And he cooks some yummy food. Yep, Mr. Yummy himself, Devlin Duke, celebrates. (laughs) And if you listened about seven years ago, you know exactly why I say that. Because on his birthday, Kelly said, Yummy. Yummy. To his name. Yeah. So, happy birthday, Devlin. Also celebrating today, Brittany Smith of Brooklyn, Haley Brand of Jonesboro celebrates, and Hannah Wilson of Jonesboro celebrates as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday today to Kat Von D. She is 41 today. Used to love her show. I do love her makeup line. And I have a small tattoo on my wrist that I got in L.A. at Kat Von D's place. L.A. Inc. I love that show when it was out. It was really good. Happy birthday to Kat Von D. Happy birthday to James Vanderbeek, who is 46. That was Dawson on Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah. Dawson, Joey. Yeah. I never saw that show. I like that song. I actually bought that CD single. Okay. I'm cool like that. So happy birthday to James Vanderbeek. Happy birthday to dreamy Freddie Prince Jr. He is 47, married to, do you know? Uh, Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy from the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Have you ever even seen that show? Okay. I know who it is. Way to know, see the poster. I know who it is. And happy birthday today to Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees. Oh, man. He's 78. Hey, hey, we're the Monkees. People say we monkey around, but we're too He was my favorite. Mickey was? Because he was the drummer. You weren't a Davy what Jones type know. of girl? See, I'm surprised by that. Cheer up, sleepy jeans. He was funny. Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees is 78 today. Never saw her face. Hey! Now I'm a believer. Her trace. out in my mind. I'm in love. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Mickey Dolenz, hmm. who turns 78 today. Happy birthday, Mickey. 
<laughs> Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man who was balling so big on his 50th birthday that the Kim Kardashian kids were jealous. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel He's the one they call He's gonna be your Frankenstein. Dr. Shane's Bites! Dr. Shane's Bites! Dr. Shane's Bites! Man, 50 years old, Dr. Shane Spites. What's happening this morning? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I woke up and made it out of bed, and no real aches and pains to speak of, so it's a good day right now right. but it sure seems like you know like for some people like i have friends who when it's about to be their birthday they let everybody know for weeks that it's about to be their birthday brandon you do that i would never do such a thing Gosh. like people fish for birthday greetings mm-hmm. and you didn't do any fishing man I'll, I'll be honest i mean obviously my my family knew you know i mean you know as you would expect and yeah we're gonna you know, have a little something at the house but I absolutely wanted that day to go by completely unnoticed, <laughs> and that did not happen. You know, it's pretty cool. I was talking to the mayor, Harold Copenhaver, and he said they're thinking about erecting a statue of you <laughs> on the campus of Arkansas State. Brandon, you're so... That's, yeah, I don't even know how to respond. Right, to that. Exactly, a, just yeah. don't. Just don't respond. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be yeah. awesome. Me and Cope are tight. Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I did know that, actually. All he right. talks about you a lot. Um, I'm going to see him today. I'm going I'm to uh, see what he thinks about it. Yeah, anytime you have to get a restraining order on someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chief Elliott loves me, too. <laughs> Step away from the mayor. Yeah. So, again, this is Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. Hey, Shane, for people who don't know what that means, what does that mean? Um, so, basically, if anything bad happens, it comes to my desk. Yeah. Or, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we have, obviously, a medical school on the state of Arkansas, or on Arkansas State University's campus. Um, our primary uh, parent institution is based in New York. That's where the name New York Institute of Technology comes from. Um, but we train young physicians. And so, it's a four-year medical school. Um, when the, when they graduate, they go into their specialty training. Maybe they become pediatricians or neurosurgeons or ER doctors or family doctors. And the, the idea is that they stay in this region of the country, hopefully it. in Arkansas or this area, practice medicine and take care of the good folks of Arkansas in this region. Well, and I'll speak on behalf of uh, the NYIT clinic, which is right there by the stadium as well, by Centennial Bank Stadium. Uh, you know, during COVID, we, me and my whole family, we had to go through there a couple different times. Shane was a great help to us. Mm-hmm. And, hey, that clinic is open to the general public, too. So people need to know about that. No, absolutely. And we that's where our – so all of our faculty, our physicians' faculty that teach at the medical school to maintain their clinical skills, they have to practice somewhere. And so the majority of them practice there in that NYT clinic. So you're getting, um, you know, physicians who are teaching the next generation – of doctors and practicing the current evidence and the medical evidence. A lot of the stuff that we talk about here on the radio with you guys, um, you know, that's just kind of uh, common teachings and education that we use in the, in the clinic too. So yeah, appreciate the shout out. So we have Shane Spites on and we talked to him and basically we call this doc talk and I, I throw random things at him and he just answers Right off the cuff. This is not, this isn't prepped. Uh, I don't like to prep interviews. So we just talk and uh, it makes people nervous for their first interview. Somehow Shane's gotten really good at it. Um, 
But let's walk through it, okay? Can I hit you with some stuff? Uh-oh. Yeah, bring it. All right, so Kai wanted salmon for dinner last night. We went to the store together. He saw salmon. He likes it. Leslie likes it. I'm not really crazy about fish unless it's catfish. But I'm worried, like, if I'm not eating fish at all, am I missing out on stuff for my diet? It depends. And so, first of all, the type of fish is really important where it comes from. Um, you know, because there are some fish that come from areas, and, and I don't know if you guys are watching this, like we're even noticing now there's some lakes here in Arkansas that they're saying, hey, don't eat the fish or don't eat certain fish out of this lake oh, wow. because of fear, right, because of fear of some heavy metal, um, not not Motley Crue, the other metal, <laughs> uh, heavy metals that can be found in um, in the fish. And so obviously if you eat the fish, then you could ingest that, whether it be lead or whether it be a mercury, whatever the heavy metal may be. Uh, you could ingest that. And so that's that's a concern. You want to look at that and read your packages. But when we talk about really healthy fish, we're talking about typically those are going to be like a tuna or a salmon or something like that. Yeah. Um, and there are good uh, omega-3s, um, which is uh, an omega-3 fatty acid, which is, uh, uh, which is great for, um, for growth, brain development, uh, and overall health. Um, typically speaking, it's a, it's a type of fish that we're we would like for you to take. Right. I'm like you, Brandon. Like, I don't – like, there's some fishes I'll eat, some fishies. Right. But I won't – there's a lot of fish that I'm like, eh, I'll pass on that. But right. uh, my wife is a phenomenal cook, and so she's able to, to to make most of that stuff work. So we try to add Ooh. fish to our diet, too. Hey, could you I'm, – I'm not even joking. Could you get me some, like, how to make fish recipes? Because I tried it. 100%. I did the pan sear last night, and, like, yeah. it was fine. But, it you know, it's just not very exciting to me. So we, she's found a couple of places around town. She's found some places that actually, I'll get that to you, where, because we've tried different fish. Because I'm like the same way. I mean, she'll cook it, and she'll be like, well, you know, she'll look at me while we're eating it. And she's like, you don't like it, do you? Like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's nothing to do with her, but it's just in terms of finding, you know, these, like, I think, I think Aldi's got a really good one. There's some other places that she's found some really good fish that are like, that have like a, um, uh, some sort of a batter on it, like almost like a coconut shrimp batter, Ooh. or like a, you know, like kind of a coconut batter or something like that. Or they have these different types that are um, that are already seasoned that actually are really good okay. and good for you. Uh, but uh, overall, back to your original question, certainly fish is good for you for the most part. But you just got to kind of read the labels, and you got to now, unfortunately, kind of take. Uh, take stock in where the fish is coming from um, because some of the fish, you know, they do pick up things um, that we may not want to be ingesting. So if I don't like really eating fish as much, am I just as good to eat sushi? Because I love sushi. I love eating raw fish. I just don't really like it oh, when yeah. it's cooked. So is the sushi a good source like the, like, like salmon and tuna? Yeah. Again, it's the, the yeah. I mean, to your point, and so you could take that same tuna, and yeah, depending. I mean, regardless of how you eat it, whether you eat it over a little bed of rice or whether you eat it, you know, um, uh, you know, as your primary meal, you're still getting. Again, depending on where the fish comes from, you're still getting the nutrients that you need. So yes, to your point, yeah, you could you could get those same nutrients through sushi, depending on how it's prepared and where the fish comes from. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So that's that's interesting though. You like sushi. Oh, I love sushi. Like, I'm a huge fan of sushi. And I can eat raw tuna, raw salmon, all the, that fish really? raw, just like when I cook it and it warms up and it gets kind of flaky. I just don't like it as much. I think it's you don't more. You don't like your own sushi, do you? No, no, no. But I think it's <laughs> more fishy. I think it tastes more fishy when you cook it as opposed to eating it raw. It really makes yeah. no sense. 
Well, and it stinks up the whole house, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get, you get that fish smell in your house. So I can, I can yeah. get that. But um, there are some good recipes out there, and there's some good places around Jonesboro that you can get. Um, you can get really uh, good-tasting fish. And we got great restaurants here that also um, prepare it well. Help walk me through this, too, okay? So, again, Dr. Shane Spite's on with us this morning. I feel like I know – I don't. I'm not, I'm not nearly the expert like you as far as diet, but I think I know quite a bit about it. But I hear a lot of people when I watch stuff talking about gut health – and like, oh my God. what in the heck does that really mean? Because like, for okay. me, do I have good gut health? Do I have bad gut health? Is there a way to know if I have it? Is there something I need to do to make sure it's better? How, what, what do you feel like if you have bad gut health? Like I hear it so often, but it's almost like it's glossed over. Like it's just supposed to be understood. I'm so glad you actually brought this up today. And I actually had a couple of articles kind of teed up about gut health. And specifically, you'll hear this. You'll hear about gut health, but you also hear about something called the microbiome. You'll hear about that. So if you start reading more about it, you'll kind of hear about that. And what we're finding out, and a lot of this is new. And when I say new, like probably the last five to seven years or so, we've really started to uncover a lot more about about the human body. There's just, and let me stop right there. There is so much we don't know about the human body. I know they realize that you think that, okay, I'm talking to a doctor, and we know everything there is. We got all this figured out. The answer is no. No, we do not. We're still learning a lot. We learn a lot every day. Things that we thought we knew, we found out, okay, that's not exactly right, or, you know, we need to change something in terms of the, the literature. And so we find this all the time as we're teaching new young physicians that some of this uh, changes more rapidly than we realize. But the gut health itself, so what it is, is there's normal bacteria that live in your gut that are supposed to be there. We are finding out how important they are not only in maintaining you know, just your normal digestive tract, but the effects that they have on depression and on anxiety and on your immune system and being able to fight off disease. And even there was a recent one that came out about heart failure. They just identified the bacteria, the normal bacteria that live in your gut that break down protein. And one of the byproducts of that breakdown increases your risk of heart failure. Oh, wow. I mean, there's all these things that we're just now unlocking. Uh, When they talk about... um, there was an article that came out looking at, let me see how many it was looking at, over 500,000 individuals, middle-aged individuals, which I guess I'm in that category now, <laughs> middle-aged individuals, that um, they had a significant increase, 90% increased risk of dementia if they were using, if they were regularly using laxatives or things that altered their, bio, their microbiome or uh, bacteria in their gut. So if they were regu- if you're regularly using um, a laxative uh, to to keep your bowels going, their risk of dementia increased by ninety percent, and they're finding out that it's because of throwing off the normal environment, your normal environment that is supposed to occur in your gut. And so a lot of there's a lot of things that are being tied to the gut now that we didn't know existed before. So what can we do to make it better, and how do we know if if we're on track, if we're doing good or not? So you'll hear things about it. it goes, so it's a direct relationship to your diet. I'll say, first of all, it's a direct relationship to your diet, but it's also tied to exercise and activity. You'll hear things about, you'll hear about like, um, okay, I'm taking these probiotics. Yep. I'm going to go to the health store. I'm going to go to, you know, um, the pharmacy. I'm going to get these probiotics. To be honest with you, probiotics haven't really been shown to be very beneficial in adults. They're very helpful in children. Oh, wow. Um, they, and, and in infants, they actually, there's a benefit there. Uh, certainly after antibiotic use, but in adults, it really hadn't panned out. Now, that's probiotics. Now, there are what we call prebiotic foods, and these are foods that feed your gut, your microbiome. And so some of these are, and I can get you a list of those too, um, onions, 
garlic, kale. Um, there's a couple of others that, that kind of came to mind. There's several foods that are called prebiotic foods that basically help feed your gut, uh, the, the bacteria in your gut, so that they can maintain their normal uh, level, so to speak. And so um, there are things you can do, but a lot of it falls back to what you eat. Fruits and vegetables, specifically raw, raw fruits and vegetables are great for your gut. Um, trying to limit the amount of protein that you take in. Beans and grains are good as well. Plenty of water. Your water, uh, um, the water, the colon primarily reabsorbs water. And so you need lots of water. We as a society do not drink enough water, generally speaking. Uh, but the, the big thing in terms of um, how to keep your gut microbiome in order is really your diet. Now, activity is important because you can't just eat. And that's what people make the mistake of thinking. It's, well, I'll just eat really well but I want exercise. Yeah. It's like, we call it like a four-legged stool. Like you've got a, the stool doesn't work if you don't have all four legs. The same thing is true in terms of your, uh, your lifestyle. So diet, activity, sleep hygiene, and mental, well, mental wellness. Those are kind of the four pieces. So you've got to have all four of those kind of working together to really set you up for your best results. Y'all, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is Dr. Shane Spites, Dr. Feelgood, and we appreciate you this morning. Uh, give me those fish recipes, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? <laughs> it sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. All right, man. And happy, happy uh, Women's Day. Did you say that? International Women's Day. Yeah. International. Oh, I, I, hang on. One more tidbit. One more tidbit for the women out there. Yeah. Brand new data that I just saw. Like, I had, I had no idea this was what it was. For women that are having trouble sleeping at night, that are on oral contraceptives, Mm-hmm. Don't drink any caffeine like after 10 in the morning. Oh, Apparently, gosh. oral contraceptives um, interfere with caffeine breakdown. So if you're having trouble sleeping at night, it could be that that afternoon Coke or coffee is actually that caffeine still in your, uh, in your system keeping you from sleeping. There you go. Great advice from Dr. Shane Spites. <laughs> we'll talk to you next Wednesday, man. Bye, guys. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the sanitation director of the city of Jonesboro. Patrick Courtois joins us in studio this morning. Good morning. It was kind of weird uh, when I saw you because I see you outside of the office and outside (laughs) of the business setting. And when he showed up in a suit, I said, what in the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the mayor is doing his state of the city address today, and I was told I needed to wear a suit. So, so well, you look nice. Brandon, well, some people wear stuff other than camo T-shirts to work. <laughs> so, so Patrick, if I ever need to borrow a suit, can I? <laughs> what? Can I come to your house? Well, I'm a little, little taller than you. That's uh- one. Okay, oh, oh, you have just hit this below is, the belt. Here he is wanting us to do a kind interview about the recycling project, and he's going to insult my height. But if it'll make you feel better, you've got a—he's bigger than I am. Oh, okay. Yes. Hey, have you seen? Have you seen all of his gains? No, stop doing that. I'm what? not talking about that. Oh, you're making that awkward. Okay, so on my Facebook page, do you follow yes, me on Facebook? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so did you see him getting his butt tattooed? I posted. <laughs> I hope I didn't. <laughs> Let me show you this because I post this tattoo. And I'm getting my arm, my left arm tattooed. But oh, I did see that. People are thinking, and there's there's all kinds of comments about this. They think I have hiked up my shorts and I'm bending over a chair and getting my bottom tattooed. It does look yeah, like that. It that, does. That is not my bottom. Can it, you confirm this tattoo is not on my bottom? It is on his left yeah. arm. Yeah, but yes. it does look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty scary, dude. If my bottom looks like that, <laughs> I'll take that bottom. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
So, uh, Patrick, you know, we've, we've talked to you about uh, pretty much the city of Jonesboro sanitation, and evidently, like, you've kind of done a bang-up job because rumor has it that even the mayor, Harold Copenhaver, was kind of giving a shout-out to the department and the work that you guys have done to to kind of do things right by the citizens of Jonesboro. Well, he he has. He's he's complimented me, but it's it's a humble thing. I love my job, and yep. I just do my job. And But I've got a great group of people I work with that make me look good, if you will. Um, they're listening right now, and I just want to shout out to the sanitation department of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Man, so that job is probably a pretty intense job, right? There's a lot, but again, I really enjoy it. Let's talk about what they do, like the people who are out there who work uh, in the sanitation department. And okay. I know we, you and I have talked about this before, but like what all does sanitation include? Because I think about like, you know, my weekly trash pickup, but there's so much more than just, you know, the weekly trash. Right. You know, they deal with, you know, the city of Jonesboro. I heard someone say not too long ago that I feel like we have a thankless job. And mm-hmm. I promise yeah. you, if we miss picking up your trash, you'll know that how thankful they are that yeah, we right. pick up your trash mm-hmm. yeah um, like it, when weather hits and it, it backs right. up a couple days and That's all right. of a sudden my trash bin's overflowing right. and i have to figure out what i'm gonna do with it well just like it's raining right now the guys have to go out to the uh the landfill uh-huh. and it's a mud pit out there but mm-hmm. we have a good group of people out there as well at legacy that yeah. take care of the roads and maintain it but um it's a mess out there no it's it's wild and like so in in weather seasons especially when you come off of the ice where right Everybody wonders when's my trash going to get picked up because let's say it ices or there's ice on the road the day your trash is supposed to be picked up. Like people start to freak out about that because it changes <laughs> yeah. people's routines. Yes. Well, I, I talked to Bill Campbell about we ought to just come up with a campaign that says when in doubt, put it out. <laughs> that's a great one. I like great. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just just put it out there and we'll get to it. Maybe it'll be a couple of days, but we'll get to it. Is it still true that the only thing you dislike about your job is Bill Campbell? Oh, my gosh, Brandon. First of all, I never said that. <laughs> Brandon loves to start rumors within the city. Oh. But no, uh, no. Tony and Brian would probably enjoy you saying that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, but it is cool. Uh, and you you guys, and you in particular, you reached out to me a couple of months ago, and you said, hey, man, we want to really uh, let the citizens of the city of Jonesboro know that recycling is is important and that you guys with sanitation are trying to make it as easy as possible to recycle. And there's so many misconceptions about, oh, I need to know which bag this goes in, and oh, right. all this stuff goes together. You guys have simplified the process. It's so much easier than I would have thought. Yeah, if you uh, you call the collections office, and forgive me, I don't have the number in front of me, but you call them, they, they'll, you can buy a, a recycle bin for 25 bucks. Yep. They send us an email, we deliver it out to your house, and then you, just, you don't have the bag anymore. You can just throw it in your recycling bin. Uh, the only thing we ask you not to do is glass, but just throw it in, put it at the curb. We come pick it up twice a month, yep. and we take it to a separating separation place. So I don't have to sit there and say, okay, here goes the paper, here mm-hmm. goes the plastic, and all no, that. No, you just throw it all in the bin. Well, and I think one of the neat, the neat things is when people hear you know, your commercial, which you know, you're in the commercial, and I told you when we heard it, hey, that sounds great. Uh, but it, it's really your son who who mm-hmm. made you think we need to get this message out there. Yeah, Laura and I were sitting at the table, I believe, talking to him, and he had looked at or studied recycling at school and he, he uh, Mitchell asked um, does everybody recycle and Laura said no not everybody recycles and he said why it's so easy right and man I ran with it mm-hmm. because if a seven-year-old can tell you it's that easy then I figure we could tell the city citizens how easy it is yeah well sure and, and like the deal is is you know you go to some places and we've talked about this you know if, if you want a comparison 
look at cities around even just the state of Arkansas, like Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They're they're recycling. They were a little ahead of the game. Right. And you're sitting here saying, "Hey, we're Northeast Arkansas. We're not going to be behind Northwest Arkansas with anything." That's right. Now I will say that we don't charge. You know, the Northwest charges for uh, pickup, recycling, trash, and recycling. Right. We don't do that. Um, it's all free to the citizens of Jonesboro. The only thing they have to pay, pay for is their cans. Right. Well, I know at one point when uh, when I lived outside of the city limits mm-hmm. and I realized, oh, my gosh, I've taken it for granted for so long the city yeah. picks up trash and I don't have to write a check for that. Right. Because when you live outside of the city in a lot of places, you know, in the county or whatever, you got to pay for your trash pickup and you got to figure it out yourself. That's right. That's right. And we make it easy. It's all on the jonesworld.org sanitation page. We have all the information on there you need. So 25 bucks, you get the recycle thing at yes. your house. Twice a month, they come and pick it up. Right. And it's going to be super easy, and you're doing something that's really important for the environment. And if you, you don't even, maybe, and maybe I don't understand it for me, but, you know, I have a kid. Mm-hmm. I have a 13-year-old, and if we can improve the way that, uh, you know, the world operates and the state of Arkansas operates with recycling, why wouldn't we do that? Exactly. And, Kelly, I got a question. Did he ever buy a can yet? Mm, silence. No, no, we were you. You were going to bring them to us, right, huh? Brandon? I said if you call, I will. If you want one, let me know, and I'll get you one. Yes. So I just need to call you. Just let me know. All right. It's can I text easy. you? You can text me. <laughs> just do what everybody else does and call the number. So reduce, <laughs> reuse, and recycle. It's time for that. A big recycle, uh, recycle initiative with the sanitation department in the city of Jonesboro. Again, if you want more information on that, you can go to jonesboro.org and click on sanitation. Correct. And you can find out more about that. I'm glad you're all dressed up. Thank you. Glad you feel important today. <laughs> the tie comes off at 1 o'clock. Yeah, no <laughs> <laughs> Want to go have lunch after that? That's, no. No. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> No, I mean, that's, that's what this is. It's a luncheon. Oh. oh. <laughs> Not, no, he you. was taking it personal. Shut <laughs> me down no. publicly. Yes, we'll go to lunch sometime. But All right. There you today, go. we're having a lunch. So Thank right. you for saying that because he would have been very He upset. would have cried after yes. I left. Okay. Hey, State of the City, can everybody go to that? Well, the mayor said the other day it is sold out completely. Oh. He is um, so popular. He has sold out the city. He's of the great city. to work with. Uh, wow. Work for. No, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. No, he was. He, can I tell you what he did to me? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We'll oh, say I'd it like loud. to hear this, yes. Yeah, so we're sitting here, and I, I lost my glasses. Actually, I didn't lose them. I left them somewhere. So I had to wear some readers that almost made me look like Paul Schaefer from Late Night with <laughs> that David is true. Letterman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kelly described them, and the text I got, which was kind of a making fun of me text, mm-hmm. was from Cope. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I was walking in front of City Hall the other day, and he likes to do his little, as Brian calls it, the woo woo, yeah. his, his little siren. Yeah. I about jumped 10 feet. <laughs> he's, he's still working out. Have you figured out if he's still lifting weights? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he's up to three pound curls. So okay. Congratulations yeah. okay. to the mayor. That's what I heard. So if the Mr. Chief mayor, Elliott shows up over here with a bunch of cars, you'll know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Courtois joins us in studio this morning. Again, find out more about the recycling and get the bin at your house when you go to jonesboro.org and click on sanitation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Dr. Dana Watson from Family Zinc Counseling Services. Morning. Good morning to y'all. You know you make me nervous in person. I know I do. You know I can fake you out on the phone, but I can't fake you out in person. I'm here to watch and witness. <laughs> can I turn around, or is that an awkward way to interview that, somebody? No, <laughs> it's awkward. That seems uncomfortable. I know. So so I'm, I want to shout out to her. We talked about Patrick Courtois a few minutes ago. He's the sanitation director from the city of Jonesboro, and he came in in a suit. Like, he's all decked out today, right? I'm like, what are you wearing that for? What are you wearing that silly suit for? 
I look over at the dock over here, and she's repping Def Leppard. I love it, yeah. But it's That's like a trendy right. Def Leppard with a little, what would you call that top over it? Uh, it's a, uh, like a cardigan. Yeah, it's a dressed up yeah. Def Leppard. Uh-huh. So yeah. you can be cool, right? You'd be cool you can and be still be a therapist, right? You could tell my kids that, please. Yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> yeah. you seem pretty cool most of the time. Try. I you, try. Do you guys have fun at Charity Ball? Oh, we loved it. It's always such a wonderful time. Thank you very much. And just honestly, it's such a wonderful charity. And so supporting it and having a good time and getting to dress up and get ready for that. It's just a it's just a fun thing once a year um, that I love. How long did it take you to get ready? Uh, longer than it should. The mm-hmm. older I get, the longer yep. it takes. <laughs> like, is it 30 minutes? I'm going to give you, let's go 30 minutes. Brandon, yes, no, more, less. You already yeah. know. Something like that. Yeah. Something like 30 minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. I just threw this together in yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. Something in the closet. So, so when the doc comes in, we like to hit her with these mental health topics. And I've said for years now that, you know, talking to you guys from Family Zinc has helped me with my life, I think, with my anxiety, especially. I've learned better coping skills. So I want people who who hear us on the radio to be able to use this as a tool for their lives. And at the same point, if they need further help, I mean, Families, Inc. is right there to help, right? Absolutely. So one of the topics that we wanted to kind of discuss was essentially couples and and marriage in in particular. There's kind of like three things. I think there's three things, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, that people argue about, right, in marriage. I think money is one of them because everybody has different opinions on what we should spend our money on what. I think intimacy is another thing, and I think kids mm-hmm. are those the biggest Bingo, fights. Ding, ding, ding! Yeah. Those are the three. Which one's the biggest? Which one do you hear the most? Um, I hear the most about whatever the individual couple is struggling with, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds lame, but the truth is, um, some people have more issues with one of them than others, and you can rest assured that. If it's not an issue, like if intimacy is not an issue, then it's such a small factor in the marriage or it's like 10% of what they even focus on. Right. But when it's a big issue, it becomes the 90%, mm-hmm. you know, and the same mm. with the same with money and the same with children. And a lot of that has to do with what phase in a marriage or in a relationship mm-hmm. they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can certainly change. And, I, you know, certainly you can have more than one at the same time. Let's talk about that. Talk about changing. Because I think sometimes you get into a relationship early and then there's going to be somebody who has an uh, an accusation at some point. Hey, you've changed. You're not the person that, that you were when we first got Ooh, together. That's good. But isn't change, isn't it necessary? It is necessary. And, and we do want to change, right? Like, I mean, as humans, every day we get more information. We have more life experiences. And so those those opportunity those are opportunities for growth mm-hmm. for each of us. So it's it's not really a badge of honor to say, you know, in your thirties I'm the same person I was at seventeen or twenty. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, right. It, it you're failing to grow from that, right. and so um, yeah, and so couples don't always grow at the same rate, mm-hmm. and they don't always have the same experiences, and they don't certainly certainly don't have the same backgrounds mm-hmm. and perspectives. So. That lends itself to the opportunity to grow apart if they're not careful. So how as a couple do we work to not do that? And I'm I'm speaking for all of us because, you know, life gets difficult, especially like the early part of the marriage was the easy part because that's before kids and, Mm. you know, finances were okay and all that. Kids shift it. They they shift priorities. They shift the finances. uh, And then all of a sudden, I think, you know, if we're not if we're not actively trying to work on the marriage. Time goes by and all of a sudden there's all these little issues that have come up that we haven't talked about. We've held on the inside and 
boom, they start to explode. Or maybe you sweep them under the rug because you pick your battles and whatever. And then all of a sudden, like you said, it's this huge ordeal. Yeah, all of that is true. All of that is true. So um, starting from the beginning, um, I think that we have to put effort into relationships, um, especially romantic relationships. And we can do that on the front end mm-hmm. by being proactive, by doing the things that you just said, like communicating early and clearly. Um, or we can do that on the back end where we're arguing and fussing and things have gotten to a place that nobody wants it to be. Um, and so um, back to the good stuff, you know, communicating early and clearly, having gratitude for your spouse and just small day to day um you know, thankfulness for what they do and what they bring to the relationship. Quality time as a couple, we've talked about that repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Like you have to carve out time to do the things for each other that got you into a romantic relationship in the first place. Yeah. You know, otherwise it's the old bait and switch. (laughs) But I bet everybody gets accused of that. I at bet, some point. I bet at some point that phrase or something similar comes up in most relationships yeah. for sure. I wish it was like we were before we were married. I bet people say that. Oh yeah, if we could just go, you know, like you said you've changed so much since we've since we've been together. You're you not know. the same person. Yeah, exactly. So, um and then I would just add like building trust which you could also start right from the very beginning. You have more positive experiences and as you grow to know the person even when they do things that are irritating or things that are disappointing, you know, the person as a, as a person who you can trust and who you hopefully can communicate with. And also that it's okay to disagree. You know, I mean, there's no reason to think that two fully functional humans from very different backgrounds and no matter, even if you were raised on the same block, Mm -hmm. same, you know, socioeconomic status, whatever, it's a very different background. Even children in the same home have very different experiences with their parents. Ooh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, and so it's it's really um, crazy to think that we would come into adulthood and start to navigate our own relationships and our own families and not see it from our own perspective. So even when you're very similar with a spouse or a partner, it makes sense that there would be lots of disagreements because you're having to you're having to um, stretch to see the other person as an other um, with their own thoughts and feelings and needs and experiences and not just an extension of yourself right mm. and that's tough isn't it that's really hard for us to do I think that takes work that's tough and it takes work and it takes work daily and right. weekly and monthly and um, from both people from both people <laughs> yeah. it's hard for one person to do all the work Uh, One person can make a lot of strides, Mm -hmm. you know, but it is hard to do all the work. Um, Yeah. And you have to be intentional. And I think those conversations are certainly best in the courting and falling in love phase. Like what's our plan for marriage? What's our plan for spending time together? What's our plan for intimacy? What's our plan for money? All those conversations that sometimes people are so busy falling in love, they forget to have or they have them and then they just get off track. And um, or they don't renegotiate rules as they go along, all of which is just part of being intentional in your relationship and caring for it. So, again, Dr. Dana Watson from Families Inc. Counseling Services joins us in studio. She's a clinical psychologist uh, with Families Inc. Uh, Let's talk about counseling in general, because and I know you guys do marriage counseling and counseling for all kinds of different things. But I see more young people who are going in for like pre-marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, And you're like, well, wait, there's nothing really wrong. There doesn't necessarily have to be something wrong. 
You want to get things right. Absolutely. And so you're laying the foundation for your future. So you're having the conversations. And, and you know, bizarrely, it seems that some of those conversations um, are easier to have with a third party, right. especially revolving around intimacy or childhood, like I mean, any kind of trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's easier for me, you know, as a as a new uh, newlywed or a, a person who's encroaching on marriage or a new relationship to have that conversation with an expert or a third party rather maybe than my significant other. Right. So, but let's talk about from, especially from the guy's perspective, and, and maybe you guys can speak to the fact if women feel the same way. I think a lot of guys might go into a counseling session and feel like, oh my gosh, they're going to judge me. I don't want to be judged. I can speak from how I would feel. I would be nervous to go in with the idea being, oh my gosh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be fake, but there's probably part of it that, that maybe early on you, you might feel like you have to be a like, little bit oh, fake. Oh, great. They're about to tell me everything I do wrong. Yes. That's what I'd be afraid of. <laughs> well, it'd yeah. be a short-lived business. If that's how it operated, okay. you know, no, truly. True. Yeah, walk you know? me through that. <laughs> yeah, so did. you know that. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a level of defensiveness, you know, and, and protecting. The, the defensiveness comes from just trying to protect your own ego and your own esteem, right? Mm-hmm. And most of us know, especially if there is a problem in the relationship, that we have some part to play. Right. You know, and so even if we don't think we're the problem. When we get real with ourselves and we do an assessment, we can usually find that we had a part to play. Um, the good news is that that is not the job of a therapist to decide who did what wrong. The The therapist's job, it, um, you know, a, a skilled therapist will be able to real, help you realize the dynamic of your relationship. Like what what is happening to you both? Mm-hmm. You know, not what are you doing to each other, but what's happening to you? What's the dynamic that is falling you've fallen into or this relationship has um and then exploring it like how will both of you tackle that dynamic how can y'all together change that pattern so so in essentially and i wrote this down a second ago you really need to be happy individually with who you are to then be happy collectively if you're an unhappy person with who you are it's probably going to be tough to be you know a person who's great in a relationship i would think yeah, um, I I can definitely see that. And there's so many factors that go into being happy with ourselves. You know, first and foremost, lots of people have trauma from childhood mm-hmm. or early adulthood that impacts them, even if if not necessarily on a conscious daily basis. It certainly is in the background or on an unconscious basis. It may have shaped the way they see themselves, mm-hmm. the way they see their partners. If they came from a family that was dysfunctional, they're certainly... Uh, maybe different ideas about marriage. Maybe they've just not seen how good communication or good conflict resolution um, works or how gratitude works. And so, again, we all come into relationships with all these experiences. Um, But I, I would say this. Couples who argue and who learn to argue successfully do stay together longer than couples who refuse for one person refuses to look at the issues and do the work and you and you that makes sense right one person just sticks their head under the sand or stonewalls the other one because it's you know that's their level of defensiveness they don't want to look at it it's just it's harder to the other person is isolated and left out and lonely and it's very difficult for them to stay together so me and my wife both have a tendency and we've been working on it uh but we have a tendency to kind of shut down uh, you know, we don't want to make each other more mad. We don't want to get the situation even more intense. So it's quiet time. 
Mm-hmm. But we know we're still boiling over on the inside and nothing's being solved by that. What would you say to us in a situation where, hey, something's bothering us and we just shut down? Well, I'd say that immediate reaction is just a human reaction. You know, when someone presses like a trigger for me, um, you know, I have reactions about that. Mine are, mine are less likely that I will shut down. Mine are usually that I want to have a really big conversation about it <laughs> and like right. talk it to death. Um, but, but people just... You know, we all have triggers that make us feel defensive and we want to protect ourselves. Some people protect themselves by withdrawing. Some people protect themselves by lashing out. Some people protect themselves by intellectualizing it to death. Um, And then, of course, you know, it's unlikely both parties will do the same. But if they do do the same, it really doesn't matter. It's like recognize what is happening for you, first and foremost, like what's your body doing like, is it tense? Did your chest just get tight? Did your jaw just get tight? Did you just get like boiling hot mad? <laughs> you know, so first you have to be really um, aware of what's happening so that then you can begin to be curious about it. And that's a lot easier said than done, no doubt about it. Right. But um, taking time away is is certainly fine. Certainly if you're going to avoid some escalation to say like, okay, we're going to try to take like a 30 minute break. We're going to make some rules. We're going to put some boundaries around our arguments. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to try it again. And then if we get to a place where we're like, well, we're back where we started. It's it's pretty tough and I'm still heated. We're going to take right. another break. But we are always going to reengage. We're not going to sweep it under the rug. Right. We're not going to ignore it and never come to a resolution. We're going to be adults about it. We're going to find some common ground. And being curious about your own reaction. Like, why does that make me so hot? Right. You know, or why does that make her so hot? I just said this mm-hmm. one thing. Being curious about the dynamic and the pattern is much easier than trying to figure out why the other person's doing all these wrong things to you. So many different layers of it. I think we could sit here for hours and talk about relationships and marriage because I had other things I wanted to get to that we came nowhere close to. So we're going to have to get you back. So we can talk about this. We'll do it another time. That's perfect. So many of the people who are going to hear us this morning or on the podcast are going to be in relationships that they're looking for. Hey, let's help fix it. Let's let's get it better. Let's make it better. And that's what Families Inc. is able to do for so many people. Uh, They can help you in whatever your journey is, whatever's bothering you on the inside. And and realize we all have issues. We all have things. We all come from different backgrounds. And we've all experienced different things. And don't be ashamed to reach out for help. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes your mom, your spouse, your friends can't help. Because you're probably not being that honest with yourself. You can find out more at, about Families, Inc. Uh, when you go to familiesinc.net, there's locations all around the state. Or call 870-933-6886. Dr. Dana Watson joins us in studio this morning from Families, Inc. It's always great to visit with you in person. Thank you so much. Appreciate you both. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Pat Farmer from St. Bernard's, who joins us this morning live via the phone on what we have decided is a beautiful day across Northeast Arkansas, Pat. (laughs) It is. It's just beautiful. Happy to be here. Hey, one thing we love about chatting with you is it seems like, and maybe the people who work at uh, at your facility can tell me different, but it always seems like you're in a pretty good mood. Yep. You know, I am, but uh, as they say, you know, it, don't sweat the small stuff. So yep. <laughs> every day's a good day. So life and health and wellness, what's it looking like right now? It's great. You know, our members are so dedicated, and I think when they don't come in, they kind of miss everybody that mm. they get to see when they come in. So. 
you know, we, we have a, a great uh, membership here and everybody's happy to be here. And of course, exercise makes us all feel better. No. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, Pat's on today because there's a number of different events that, that happen. And it's always a thing where you know that St. Bernard's is going to have something. And and Pat, there's an event coming up I wanted to chat with you about. It's a it's an event that's going to be free. It's a Parkinson's awareness event. So tell me the vision on why this is something important for St. Bernard's to be doing uh, in 2023. Oh, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about this. Um, you know, here at St. Bernard's, our motto is, um, exercises medicine. And so not only do we exercise to stay healthy, but we also exercise to prevent disease and slow progression of diseases, which is what our Parkinson's uh, community is all about. So uh, April is Parkinson's Awareness Month, if you didn't know that. And so um, here at Health and Wellness, we have a program called Rock Steady Boxing. And for those of you that don't know it, Google it. It is a fascinating program. And it's for those folks that have been diagnosed with Parkinson's, and it's, it's just a great uh, program that has been proven to help them slow the progression of their disease, not only uh, mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, every way that you can think of, uh, because it creates a community for them, and it also creates an opportunity to, uh, to, to stay healthy, you know, and, and keep awareness with their body and what's going on. And so April 5th, we're going to be kicking off our annual Parkinson's Awareness Event, and guys, we are so excited of it. We have nationally renowned doctors who are going to be at this event. Uh, we have a Dr. Peter Task who is coming to us via Zoom. Uh, he's a professor of neurology at Stanford University, and he's going to be talking about some groundbreaking uh, things that he's working on that slow the progression of Parkinson's. And we also have some local people, one of our very own Jason Edwards, who is a physical therapist that works with our patients, uh, Shannon Brantley. Uh, we have a doctor out of Little Rock, Dr. Dahl, who's, who's going to be talking to us all about slowing the progression of the disease. And so it's just a wonderful opportunity for people to come together. Uh, you know, we want to build awareness, create community. Uh, we want to offer support. And we also want to just give people hope to know that when they have a disease like this, that, that, that it's, not, um, it's not the end. You know, it's just the beginning of the fight, which is all about our Rock City boxing. And so... The whole uh, month of April, we are dedicating to creating awareness, you know, letting people know if you know somebody, if you have someone in your family who's struggling with this, or if you're a caregiver or a family member, you know, this event is for you. We want you to come and let us help you uh, kind of navigate through this uh, diagnosis. And it's going to be on April 5th. We're going to start out at 8 a.m. And everyone who comes can take advantage of a free health screening that we're offering and then we're going to start our 9 a.m. Uh, session with Dr. Task from Stanford. And it'll go till noon uh, that day. And throughout that whole morning, we're just going to be having a great uh, array of speakers. We're going to have some Q&A questions uh, for our participants. And it's free to the public. So oh, we wow. really encourage everyone to come out. And another thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be raising money. So we want to have money so we can support our program. Because if someone comes in and wants to take part in our program and they can't afford it. We don't want that to be a barrier for them. So we're going to provide funds for folks that can't afford it on their own. And so we're doing a silent auction. We're going to be selling some raffle items. We're doing uh, a Boston butt sale from a company called Trauma Hog. And we're going to be raffling off some really great items that are going to be donated by our community. If you're a business and you want to participate and donate an item for our silent auction, if you want to donate money, I mean, we are so... Um, Welcome to any of those donations, and it is greatly needed. 
Um, so, yeah, you can call us here at St. Bernard's Health and Wellness. Uh, our number is 207-7700. We'll be happy to help you get registered. Uh, we're also going to be offering, we got approved for folks to get continuing education hours for this event, too. So if oh, you're wow. a PT a student or someone in the neurology field in college, you can actually come and get continuing education for this. So it's a great opportunity for the whole community. So what do you think about that? Uh, awesome. <laughs> I think you know your stuff and you've known your stuff forever. Mm-hmm. And we just sit back and smile when you're talking because we're like, man, and we tell you every time, you don't even need us to be here. Give Listen, Pat Farmer so a raise. I mean, you can imagine what a great thing yeah. that this is for our community, yeah. you know. Um, it's just something that nobody else around offers. I think the only other program that offers this might be in Memphis or maybe Mountain Home. So, you know, our Rock City Boxing Program is is an amazing program, and we want everyone to know about it. And whoever needs it, we want to provide that need for them. So this is le- like the Rock Steady Boxing Program is like legitimately, it's it's physical, right? It really is boxing. It is. It is a workout. They come in uh, to us and work out with our trainers twice a week. Wow. And they literally have on boxing gloves and they are hitting punching bags. And it works so well with their hand-eye coordination. It works with your core to help with balance. Um, and also, again, like I said, these people are coming together and forming a, a community and you know, these are folks who are dealing with the same issues and they can share stories and uh, not only of their struggles, but of their their accomplishments. You know, it's, it's great just to have those people and these people have become a family, um, you know, where nobody else kind of understands what they're going through except each other. So right. um, it's just something that we are so honored and proud to offer to, to our community and anyone, anyone who has questions. Like I said, if you're a caregiver or a family member, or if you yourself have been diagnosed with Parkinson's, you know, reach out to us and we are here to help, you know, any way we can. And we definitely want you to get signed up for our April 5th uh, awareness event. There you go. It's going to be the free Parkinson's awareness event on April the 5th of 2023 with St. Bernard's and Pat. Obviously you do a great job every single time we talk to you and uh, best of luck as you guys get ready to put this event together. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Back with Wet Nose Wednesday. Doc, how you feeling on a rainy Wednesday morning? It's a little damp outside for sure. Any cute puppies over there at vet care early this morning? Uh, still got some. Got the puppies at uh, Rose. The mom, uh, surrogate mom, is nursing, so they're mm-hmm. moving right along, getting close to starting to eat uh, solid food. Yeah, that story was really sweet. Um, and Kevin told that was it last week or the week before you told us about um, maybe week before. Yeah. So there was a, the mama dog ended up, uh, you know, wasn't able to take care of the baby. So they found another dog to feed these little baby puppies. Sweet. Are there are their eyes open yet, Kevin? Yes, they're open. Yeah, they're probably about four weeks old now. Oh, so they're getting close. So when those puppies close. are available, are they going to be adopted out through vet care? Or how are you going to do that? I probably will go through the Humane Society. I, I haven't heard the final plan, but um, I'm going to find that out this week, and we can announce that next week. You know what's so neat is, you know, we know the good work that the Humane Society does. We know the great work that, um, you know, Animal Control does. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many different animal organizations around this area that really seem to have the health and the care uh, of the of our pet population in mind, and I think that's really neat to see in 2023. 
Yeah, it was great, and I'm sure you saw the story. They caught Wendell Parker up the, yeah. up the road from us, you know, the yes. black dog that's been on the loose for a while, and uh, animal, one of the animal control officers um, snagged, uh, snagged Wendell, and now he's got shelter, and I think they're going to keep them for the required seven days and then try to find a home for him. And see, I saw that dog, and Kelly's told me about that dog forever. Yeah. I wanted that dog, but then it looks like everybody else wanted that dog, too. Yeah, well, he um, he was very well fed with all the uh, fast food around the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> we had Cassie Wright in last week with Big Heart Animal Rescue, and you know she's another big animal advocate in this area. And they did a fundraiser this past weekend, uh, Bingo Bubbles and Barks. It turned out to be a, a really great thing. So I think it's again, it's cool to see so many people looking to give back to these little innocent animals. Right. It just gives it gives you a great feeling if you're able to help. You know, help an unwanted or an injured animal. It sure does. So we go to Kevin and we say, hey, tell us about something we might not know about our pet population, our dogs and our cats. And it's Wet Nose Wednesday. What do you have for us this week? This, I think, is a kind of timely topic because right around the corner is Easter and then right around the next corner is Mother's Day. And, a, you know, common uh, gift or, dec- um, you know, decoration during those times are lilies. And um, what a lot of people don't realize is that lilies are extremely toxic to cats. And it's kind of quirky because dogs, although they could be, you know, intoxicated, but it doesn't cause the same uh, type of issues that we see with cats. And by lilies, I'm talking about the true lilies or the day lily family. Uh, You know, the the true lilies are what we use kind of in bouquets or live plants. And I've even seen some out at stores already, you know, some of the potted uh, lilies, Easter lilies. Uh, Daylilies are usually planted outside in garden beds or in uh, borders, um, you know, around a bed. But um, this is what's pretty, pretty amazing and, and dangerous. The entire lily plant is toxic, and that includes the stem, the leaves, flowers, even the pollen, and even the water in the vase. If a cat drinks water out of a vase, and um, and just a small amount of of eating a leaf or a flower petal or licking a few pollen grains off its fur while grooming. It can uh, cause it to develop fatal kidney failure in less wow. than three days. Wow, I and, have no uh, idea. You know, dogs that eat these lilies may have a minor stomach upset, but they don't develop the kidney failure issue. And so early signs, if your cat, you know, if you suspect your cat has chewed on one or if you see bite marks on a leaf or a flower or pollen, you know, or sticking its nose in the, in the actual uh, flower and giving pollen on it, you know, it is uh, a cause for concern because... Usually the symptoms start in, you know, within 12 hours after ingestion. And what happens first is they usually start uh, drooling, uh, foaming at the mouth. They may vomit. They may paw at their face just due to mouth pain, and they kind of vocalize because they're nauseated. Um, And then 12 hours later, you know, they can have diarrhea. They're not eating. They're lethargic. They may have a fast heartbeat, low blood pressure, and may, as soon as 12 hours, even develop ulcers on the gums. Wow. And then 12 to 24 hours, if they've ingested enough of the plant, that's when the kidney damage starts to develop. They may have an increased thirst or a decreased thirst. Uh, they get dehydrated. They can have tremors. And then they can go within 24 hours uh, to 48 hours, they can go into full-blown kidney failure and have seizures, they quit producing urine, they're disoriented, they can't walk, may go into a coma and then eventually die. So if your cat's eating a lily, first thing is call your veterinarian or pet poison helpline 
And, uh, you know, the first thing I would do if one came in would be to induce vomiting. And then we would probably administer activated charcoal to start absorb or absorb any of the remaining toxin that's still in their stomach uh, just to help reduce further contamination. And, um, of course, the mainstay is going to be give IV fluids to try to diurese the cat, uh, keep the kidney function going as as, as best that we can. And, um, you know, we do some blood work, kind of get some baselines on, on the chemistries, uh, especially the kidney parameters and do a urinalysis and a CBC. So, you know, even even with aggressive treatment, there's no guarantee that a cat will survive that. Uh, but early treatment definitely improves the prognosis. So it's important if you suspect it, you know, err on the side of caution and get, you know, get your cat examined. And um, the actual true lilies that we see this with would be like Asiatic lilies, Easter lilies, uh, stargazer lilies, tiger lilies, and uh, wood lilies, and then um, any of the, di- the day lily species, all of those can be toxic. Things that aren't would be like a peace, peace lily. It's not a true lily. A lily of the valley is not a true lily, but they can still cause some, um, some oral issues, um, irritation on the ma- in the mouth and around the, the gums and tongue. So, you know, cats, you put something new in there, they're inquisitive. Um, uh, especially, you know, they like to drink a new water source. And if you've got a, a bouquet of fresh flowers that includes a lily and they're sticking their head down in the vase to, to take a few licks, uh, that toxic principle can get in the water and they can be intoxicated like that. And we, you know, even after all these years that we've known that lilies are toxic to cats, we still don't know the actual toxic principle, uh, in there. And, uh, you know, it's just good. I at one time um, I had a, a lily that the previous owner had planted out in a bed, and it was um, you know a true lily. And knowing my cats were outside at the time, I just dug it up and got rid of it because they like to chew on plant material, especially first thing in the spring as it you know comes out of the ground. So you know if you have cats in your household or outside, it's best to, to not even bring lilies in uh, or plant them outside. I had no idea that uh, plants like that that you can go pick up at the garden center would be um, toxic like that. So great information from the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. Find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, as always, we appreciate you, man. All right, y'all keep your powder dry today. All right, we'll do that. Thanks, man. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> See you, dude. Talk to you next week. Okay, next week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by Tara Thomason, who is representing the A-State Alumni Association. Tara, how good are you? Mo- good morning, friends. How are you? Hey, we're good. good. Morning. How you feel this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Anything exciting and new in your life that you should tell the whole world about? Oh. Uh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. How about that? Hey, and the Alumni Association, it seems like as I look at your calendar, you guys just do events and events and events. And you know that uh, to get people to to want to stay involved, you got to make sure these events are fun. And it seems like you guys are, are really good at finding fun things to do. 
We sure try. We went to the races last weekend. We have an event next Tuesday, um, Bark at the Park, where we're trying to engage our local alumni and give them an opportunity to come gather together. A couple more lined up after that. So, yeah, we've got a lot happening. So with the Alumni Association, what is the vision behind the entire organization? We just want to do our best to try to connect with alums. We have over 100,000 living alumni that have graduated from right here in Jones World, Arkansas State University and, wow. and online. And so we just really try to find activities that will um, help people come together, just try to enjoy their time. You know, once they had a great time here in college, lots of lifelong friendships, lots of careers established because of the university. So we just try to keep that fun going, really. <laughs> Well, and it doesn't have to be necessarily only on homecoming where everybody gets together or has conversations or sees people for the first time in forever because, again, you guys do such a great job at letting people know what's happening on the campus and doing events where people can kind of come together. I was talking to Dr. Uh, Todd Shields, the chancellor of Arkansas State, and he was just talking about how when you look at the alumni from Arkansas State, literally, you know, we have people who stay here. We have people who go to Little Rock or Memphis or Fayetteville. But really, there are people all over the country who have come through Arkansas State University. Absolutely. And so we try to have a presence. So usually the digital presence is easier to, to reach out to those folks that live on the other side of the world or other side of the country. But we have over half of our alumni that live right here in this area in Arkansas. So we really just try to find opportunities that will um, that interest them. And so we feel like this one, Bark at the Park, is a neat one that we started a couple of years ago. It's going to be next Tuesday. Tickets are $2, $2 Tuesday tickets. So this is just a neat concept that I just had no idea about until we started doing this. But they encourage you to bring your dog. Bring your dog on a leash. Come check out the ball game. Come support our Red Bulls. They're doing fantastic. We're going to play UCA on Tuesday night. And if um, the humans will present their membership card, their furry friends will receive a gift from the alumni association. So we're going to have a a tent, possibly a table for sure, set up next to Barton's deck there at Tomlinson Stadium. And we're going to give little goodies to the, to the pups that are there. So it's a fun time. It's a really fun time. I love baseball season because, you know, once you get out of the, and we talked to coach Raffo about this a couple weeks ago, once you get out of those first few weeks of cold games, then it's like you're enjoying baseball in springtime weather. And man, you can be outside when it's pretty outside and, uh, to me, that atmosphere is really, really neat. And the idea that you guys have done so many different things, like with the deck and some of the new stuff that you can do out there at the stadium. If you haven't been to baseball in a minute, it's fun to go to baseball. Absolutely. You said it. I mean, there's no better place to be than at a baseball game with a hot dog in your hand, with, you know, like your your friends, and you're just gathering, having a good time, watching watching the Red Bulls. So we're real excited about that on March 14th. And then we also have an event in Fayetteville at a pregame party when the Red Wolves take on um, U of A, and that's going to be March 4th. No, oh, April 4th. April 4th Sorry, yeah. April 4th. So you're taking a group of alumni right there into the Hogs territory. Yes. <laughs> Come we'll on have a pre-game, pre-game activity. Um, everybody gather. We'll, we'll provide some appetizers. So all of this information is on our website as well as our Facebook page. So if people have questions, they can send us an email um, or give us a call. We'll be happy to like kind of direct them, but March 14th tickets are on sale. Um, or you can just jump by a ticket when you're there as well, but just come find us in the alumni section. Um, and then the Mar- the April 4th event, we also have um, activities on, on site. Now you purchase your tickets on your own. That's right. different. Uh, but the pregame will be held at Dixon um, 
I'm sorry, not Dixon, at on Dixon Street at JJ's Grill Ooh, at four, from 4.30 to 6. That'll and be fun. And the first pitch at Bomb Stadium is at 6.30. So again, Tara Thomason joins us this morning from the A-State Alumni Association. I know we got a bunch of different things, so it's Bark at the Park on uh, coming up on Tuesday the 14th, the pregame in Fayetteville on April the 4th. But I saw, and one, it's a big push and a really big deal that you guys do every single year is the Day of Giving, and that's coming up. We're just about a month away from the Day of Giving. Yes, we are. We are literally like on the cusp of it, and this is just a fun activity where we try to gather all alumni to um, just rally around. There's so many amazing things going on here. We provide scholarships. We provide so many programs for students and really attract students from all over the world. But this is an opportunity for those that care about a state. Maybe you are an alum. Maybe you're just a friend of the university, but this is the day where we rally all of our folks together to try to lend support on the day of and to make those gifts online or to support, you know, certain departments or areas that really speak to your heart. And so that's what we do on April the 11th. Okay. Last thing, because I know we're hitting a bunch of different dates, uh, but I know every year you guys try to plan a trip to go see the Cardinals where you take A-State alums up there to, uh, to see the Cardinals play. Is that going to be happening in 2023? Absolutely, it's going to happen, and I believe all that information. You can buy tickets now for our St. Louis event, and that's June 29th and June 30th, and we are going to take a group also to St. Louis to watch the Cards versus the Astros. So the game is on, I believe, Thursday night, and then we have like a happy hour and activities where we'll gather at the hotel live by Lowe's, which is literally steps from Bush Stadium. It was such a fun atmosphere last year. They, they have a like a rooftop deck area where you can see the stadium. You can actually see part of the field from where we are. Um, it overlooks the ballpark village area where there's lots happening. And so we'll gather there and then go to the ball game and have a great time watching the cards. And then the next morning we'll also um, take a trip to the Endangered Wolf Center. That's planned as well. So just a lot of fun. Um, and that will be in the St. Louis area. But we have as many Jonesboro people we have just a handful of folks in that area that sure. will join us, but the rest come from Jonesboro or the surrounding areas. So lots of fun activities. So Tara, if people want to find out more about all of the events happening with the A-State Alumni Association, where can they get the info? They can come to our website, astatealumni.org. Um, we have links for all of these activities I've mentioned. We have a Facebook presence, Instagram, Twitter, or they can just give us a call here at the alumni office, 972-2586. All right, Tara Thomason joins us live this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Have a great morning. Thanks. Appreciate you all. Have a good one. See you too. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So thanks for getting up and starting your morning with us. And keep in mind, if you missed any of the show today, we have a podcast, Mm -hmm. which you can go and check out anywhere you get podcasts. All you have to do is search Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. And Kelly Perry, what's on TV Tonight, we have the Masked Singer on tonight. It's DC Superhero Night, so that that should be kind of fun. Farmer Wants a Wife is on tonight, hosted by country singer Jennifer Nettles, so that should be good. I like her, too. Chapter 18 of The Mandalorian is on Disney+. Plus. Tonight's schedule also includes The Flash, True Lies, and A Million Little Things. All right, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.